Junior Watt, welcome to Wolf Den. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Good setup. Like Good it. setup. It's yeah. yeah, it's set up for those who like betting and watching sport. <laughs> There's plenty of those out there. Oh yeah. Like this at home actually. So I asked you in pre-production to tell us who your favourite horse was. Mm. You told me superimposed, which is great. And I went back into my research about it mm. and I realised that um, it superimposed with that was at its peak in 1991. The autumn of 1991 was probably its best ever preparation. Mm. So what I want to do is take us back to that time and have a bit of a talk about superimposed yeah. and some of his good wins. But also it was a pretty incredible time in Australia, in Australian culture, a big time for you and your sporting career. Yeah. I messed around on YouTube last night and put together this like 80-second sizzle reel yeah. of what life was like in 1991. So I'm going to play that for us. <laughs> 91, that's why I made my test debut in 91. I'm going to play this for us to get us in the mood and then we'll have a bit of a talk about superimposed and, and a few other things that are going on in 1991. Let's, let's do it, Trell. To say is that the accounts do show that Australia's in a recession, but this is a recession that Australia had to have. Kenny Callender out of Canterbury. Thanks very much, Kent. Let's have a look at their latest tote <laughs> prices on the Victorian TAB. Mark Waugh arriving at the crease, age oh, 25, to take strike in his first test match. Was on 45, he's got the strike down the wicket, he comes again, a great straight hit. Pretty good shot, yeah. Only been six these days. That's it, he smashed it to the boundary, that's Mark Waugh's 100. One thing I loved about this is you shake Greg Matthews' hand. He was he was there with you the whole time. Oh, no. You remember this? This is not in Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Guile and Lewis impressed. Lewis <laughs> again says something to Guile. They push and shout. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the biggest song in Australia in yeah, 1991. Well, it still is. Yeah. Absolute cracker, isn't Good it? Year 91, isn't it? Great year. Yeah. How old were you then? Twelve. Yeah, you remember this? Remember him doing this? Brian Chin about to bounce the ball. West Coast go to, to Allen as the siren goes now and the Hawks win. Rightio, so there you go. I've, I've yeah. set the scene. It yeah. takes us back there. Um, mm. So let's let's talk about Superimpose firstly. So why don't to he won four metric miles at Super Doncaster to Epsom. Yeah, so this is his 91 Doncaster win. Let's watch this. And then after it, you can tell us a bit about why he loved him so much. You can see him rocking yeah. down the outside. Yeah. He lays in a bit too, don't he? Mm. Right down the outside. Here comes the top weight at the 200. St. Jude, Liverstone Elaine burst through on the rail. Superimposed down the outside. Liverstone Make a long run too. Big weight. Um, yeah, so what, what was it about well, Super? I was always a sucker for a horse that can, came from a long way back and had a big finish. Yeah. You know, Chautauqua, Superimpose. Take just, your breath away. Yeah, they just, either them or a horse that lead by a long way, but I particularly like that sort of horse. So, yeah. And some of his wins, like uh, that, that win and the win where he came from last up the fence, I don't know if that was an Epson or a Doncaster. Yeah, I think it might have been Epson, yeah. D. Beedman, I think, might have rode. Yeah. That was an unbelievable yeah. win. That um, Turn of foot. And the Cox Plate, I actually backed him in the Cox Plate. He was about 20 to 1. Want to play it? Want to watch yeah, it? Yeah, let's watch it. it. Yeah, there was a fall in this race, wasn't there? Was. Yeah, actually, just, just one second, Trevor, before we play it. Yeah, so Naturalism was the even money favourite. Yeah. Was 
Raymond Shane on it? Raymond Shane Dyke was he on yeah, that? Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I'm sure and Superimposer's about 20s. Yeah, maybe bad back fall. Yep. Um, the fall's already been, but they're yep. coming around the turn at the valley, so let's let's watch it. Out of it, now. it was an amazing field. Let's elope in the middle. Prince Salieri getting a run. Better loosen up and superimpose. Let's elope in front. Superimpose driving. Super. I think Superimpose down up back in there. Yeah. Watching that. Listen to that. Great stuff. Great days. Great stuff. You wouldn't believe it. That day, right, I was playing club cricket. At, really? Yeah, at Sydney Uni. Yeah. Because it's just the way the system yeah. was back and then? Yeah, and it was a 50-over game. Um, and Sydney Uni batted first, got 160. So we were batting second, chasing a small total. And I knew what time the... <laughs> Fox Plate was on. And at Sydney Uni, there was a tab across the road, Parramatta Road. How good. And I was batting with Stephen. I won't say I got out deliberately, but it was a, <laughs> it was a loose shot, put, put it that way. And, and then I ran up the tab to watch Superimposed. And, and you back to the 20s. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. We weren't easy, Stephen. You know, we're only two down, but yeah. I just So that was that storyline to that, that yeah. particular win. But um, yeah, it was just a great horse, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And um, more on that period. So one thing I want to ask you about in that period, right at the end, Warney came. So around the time of Superimposed winning this Cox Plate, Warney came into the Australian team. Yeah. And my two questions about Warney were that, so firstly, when you came in the Australian team, you were very well known because obviously you're Steve's brother mm. and a lot of people are saying, when are they going to pick Mark Wall? When are they yeah. going to pick Mark Wall? So when you came into this team, you were quite well known on a national scale, correct? Mm. But Not my question – yeah. But when Warney came in, no one had heard of him, right? No. Had you even heard of him? Like when he got picked for when he played in I, the... I had heard of him because I played against him in a Shield match um, and he looked like a mini John Daly. Yeah. Come into our dressing room, first time I've met him, smoking, mullet, fat, uh, eating pizzas and just cracking jokes and um, yeah, sort of the life of the party. That was the first time I played against him and met him and he was that was before he played Test Match Cricket. And did you – was he – did people say this bloke's really talented or was um, he just a, just another cricketer? I don't think they thought he was going to be what he was. Mm. I mean, he, looked, he was talented, but he, he was at a, a few rough edges, had to mm. sort of, um, you know, improve a lot, I guess, fitness-wise. Not that he really did <laughs> throughout his career. He smoked a lot. and um, But he was, he was always had something, but to say, think he was going to get, you know, 700. Because he got cut one for 150 in his first test. Yeah, right? it was against yeah. India at the SCG. Yeah. And you T- played in that game? I did, yeah. yeah. I dropped a catch off him, actually. Yeah, and then Henny went to Sri Lanka and did actually quite well in Sri Lanka. In uh, won us a game there in Colombo. Won us a test match, uh, him and Greg Matthews. So. And then he, then you think of the, the ball in England, the yeah. magic ball. They got Gadding out. And that that was century. probably the first time everyone sort of stood up and thought, wow. Yeah. Who is this guy? So that was probably the, the, the start of his career really kicked off there. When was the point when you in particular were like, this bloke's going to lead our team? He's that good. Um, I can't really remember. Um, I think against the West Indies in the early 90s, he might have got seven for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, wow, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's got the flipper and got all the bag of tricks and mentally very strong competitor. Um, just a bit different to everybody else. Yeah, so probably early 90s, I, I guess, but you, you never thought he was going to be, you know, a superstar. And because you f- filled in the slips yep. a lot with him. Yeah. And did he have that f- 
like a, the flight that not many other spinners have and stuff. Like when you could you tell, especially when he yeah got his honed his craft more. Was it? Was well, it? he had a little bit of bluff about him. He, you know, he knew how to work the room and work the umpires and intimidate mm-hmm. batsmen. So he had that that about him. So mm-hmm. you know he you know he loved the, the contest, which is one thing. But he just had such strong fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, he could spin the ball. Yeah, and spin it and being accurate. So if you can spin it and be accurate, well, you know you you. Getting him yeah. a good bowler, so he had that. Plus, he had a strong mental game as well. And was there a particular innings where you were in the slips fielding to him, and you were like, "This bloke's unplayable. Like he's just..." You know. Yeah, for a few times, and I used to field actually on the offside in close because Mark Taylor was the slip at the start of his career, and then I fielded in that pattern the offside. I never thought I was going to get hit by a, a bad ball. You know, he never mm-hmm. bowled a bad ball, mm-hmm. so um, I was always confident. Feeling in close that um, I was going to get some catches. And then the, the big games like um, World Cup semis and whatever, uh, the big test matches against England, he was always there. You, know, yeah. you always expect him yeah. to do something. He wasn't a huge turner of the ball. Like mm-hmm. he didn't spin the ball as much as some other spinners, but he was so accurate and just he just had enough variation to, to keep batsmen guessing. Yeah. Mm. And because I read that you thought you played him pretty well in like – Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have that. No, nah, smacked him around. <laughs> got a got a hundred against him uh, the SCG. Yeah, yeah. I got under his skin a bit too. You could you could get under his skin a bit. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like you sledging him. And would he bowl to you in the nets a lot? Like when you're yeah. in the Australian team, like well, there be a lot of. He didn't bowl that much in the nets. Right. <laughs> He's just always on the always on the physio's table, getting some work done, or getting a massage or something. So yeah. he wasn't a big net bowler. No. Yeah. No, he didn't didn't like using up. Unwanted, you know, wasted energy. He thought that was, but um, I got a good hundred against him here at the SCG. And at the SCG, they every time you got like you got a hundred or something, they put your stats up on the board. Yeah. And obviously, you'd look at it, and Morty say, "Stop looking." <laughs> Any chance of you facing up? Uh, you know, he'd, he'd be getting stuck into me, and I'd say, "You'd be a chance to get me out if you could spin one." Yeah. And we're just having a bit of banter and that, so yeah. nice. end up getting a hundred. Beautiful. The a lot of the time in here, we sort of. Use the analogy that a day on the punt, especially a Saturday, we get you know really busy in here and obviously take it pretty yep. seriously. And we often talk like it's like a day in a test match, in a cricket mm. test, mi- test yeah. match, and you, you've got to concentrate the whole day and you yeah. make that one little mistake and it can be you miss a winner mm. and that's the difference between winning and losing on the day. Yeah. And I wanted to see if you thought there was that was a fair analogy and the similarities between that with, with cricket. Yeah, I reckon there's a couple of similarities with, say, test match cricket and, and um, punting uh, on a given day, you know, the first thing I'd reckon is the d- discipline. Mm. You just talked about it. then, obviously, in Test match cricket, you need discipline. You know, it's a long game, and you know, you're there, you, you've got to be concentrating for six, seven hours a day. If you're batting, you've got to be disciplined, which I probably wasn't enough sometimes. <laughs> got a bit carried away, but um, so your discipline's big in Test match cricket. And I think with punting, um, I reckon that's the key because if you start the day well and you're winning, it's easy to get carried away and you just. Yeah, you know, you're betting here, you're betting there. All of a sudden, you have eight bets in half an hour. Mm. Um, so same as throwing your bat at something. It's yeah, silly you, shot. yeah. yeah. You, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. So, um, but I think with with punting, the mug punters. If you're having fifty bets a day, you're not going to win, are you? Surely, no. You're just no. not going to win. You'll, you'll have the odd lucky day. But yeah, unless you have like a, a finely tuned system. Yeah, um, um, which but, most people don't. But <laughs> most 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 hobby punters don't. But um, so I try, yeah. You, I mean, you you've, you pick your, you do your form, and you pick your probably your six bets out for the day, and then you might have a few extras around that. So mm. yeah, I, I think they're probably the, the parallels, the discipline, 
And the other thing is knowing the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition in, in cricket. So, you you know, who you're playing against, you, you, you have your stats on, you know, and the plans, how a bloke's going to bowl to you or how you're yeah. going to bowl to a certain batsman. So, and that's probably equivalent to doing your form, you know, having all your form, um, you know, your stats there, your sectionals, um, you know, all the lead-up form. Um, so I think that they're sort of the parallels, the doing the form and yeah. Um, yeah. and planning in cricket is the same as, as yeah, having Yeah, that's what doing the form is, isn't it, is understanding your opposition. In, yeah, well, that's in racing right. terms, yeah. yeah. Like you just, that's really effectively what it is. You're well, just trying to understand your opposition, whether you have a chance against them or not. Yeah, well, you're, that's, they're the horses you're going to beat. So yeah. um, you eliminate the ones that can't win and then you're left with the, yeah. the right one, hopefully. But, yeah, it sounds easy, but... Um, there's so much obviously goes into the form, which you guys, you're professionals, I'm a, I'm a hobby uh, punter, but I sort of go with my gut and my eye more than anything. I know sectionals are all great and that. Yeah. Uh, you can look at them on, look at them on punters' intelligence, can't you? Yeah. And the basic yeah. punter can do that now. So mm. it's all there if you, if you want to use all that sort of stuff. And what about your approach when you were back playing cricket? Like, you know, you obviously been known for being very laid back and stuff, but for example, when like Curly Ambrose, Courtney mm. Walsh were at their peak, would you plan, would you be, what would be your mindset? <laughs> so say you're sitting in the sheds and you're yeah. like, you know you're going out to face them. Yeah. What, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, you, you, know what, you, you know what they're going to serve up. You know, yeah. you play against them so much, you know their strengths and weaknesses. And um, it's funny, you can do all the practice you want, uh, but once you get out in the middle, it, it's, it's all that, it's bad against ball, it's, you know, it's, come down to the next ball, how you, how you cope with it. I remember when I made um, a really good 100 in uh, the West Indies in 95. Uh, I made 100, Stephen made 200. We yeah. beat the West Indies at yeah. Sabina Park. Yeah. And I wasn't in really good – I wasn't particularly in good form going to that test match. And I was watching and um, Ambrose was steaming in. They are all steaming in, in in Kingston, Jamaica, which is a very intimidating place. You know, mm. the crowd are very intimidating. And I'm waiting to go in next and um, – Blokes were getting hit in the head and Booney got out. Quick bouncer, actually brushed his helmet and he got given out. And I'm next in. I'll, I've got to say, I wasn't you – know, I'm not thinking I'm just going to go out there and smash 100. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's weird sometimes when you least expect it, you you, you sort of – I made 100. I batted really well. I just got and so in. you generally just don't try to overthink things. You just – like not even really. back in 95, was there, was there really concise game plans and stuff or was that – No. But we, there we, would be now, right? Like, yeah, at the end of my career when we had John Buchanan as coach, he had a lot of stats and yeah. figures in front of us. He used to put them under the door in our rooms yeah. and, you know, there'd be a lot of um, analysis there. Uh, early on in my career, we'd have team meetings um, and there'd be a bit of video analysis. Not not a lot um, because it just wasn't around as much yeah. in those days. Um, Who was the coach then, was it? Bob Simpson was yeah. my first uh, Australian coach um, and he was, yeah, he was, he was a really good coach. But, you know, the analysis wasn't as much but you pretty much knew – how the opposition were going to bowl to you or how they play because you played against each other a lot. So, um, yeah, you have your your, your meetings. Um, as they say, meetings are for losers mm. most of the time. But um, I I was more of a, a feel sort of player, you know, yeah. a bit like my punting actually. I just – with my eye, I, I sort of can work out a good horse from a bad horse with my eye without even looking at the sectionals. Um, and as a player, I was more instinct and sort of played what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have your, your – your, your game plans in the back of your mind, um, how a certain pitch is going to play or the conditions that day. You, you've got a general idea how the bowler's trying to get you out. So you know that. Mm. And then then it's really just down to, um, you know, just 
a bit of luck. You need a bit of luck, of course, and then just focusing one ball at a time and just playing what's in front of you without trying to overthink it too much. Were you really intense when you were in the middle? Like, you look at someone like um, Steve Smith these days, you look so intense, and they all mm. look so intense because, you know, the, the level has lifted a lot. But yeah. what were you like? Do you... Well, I look. Do you like, feel like you're in other zones? The crowds were amazing back in your yeah. day, right? And there was fifty thousand there a lot. Yeah. Were you? Did you find yourself in a zone and just oblivious to everything else going on? Or? When you're batting, the crowds are relevant. You don't even notice them. Yeah. When, when you're in the field, standing there all day, yeah, you're yeah. more aware of the crowds. But once you get out in the middle, um, you, you're just focusing on the. You're sort of in a zone, so the crowd is a little bit irrelevant when you're batting. But definitely in the field, you can feel it. Um, um, but. Yeah, yeah, I got nervous. Everybody looks differently. Uh, I mean, I looked like it was easy to me, easy to the eye and casual, yeah. but I was just as nervous as everybody else and worked as hard as everybody else. It's yeah. just just a style you've got. You know, guys like David Gow, Usman Kawaj has got a very sort of languid sort yeah. of style of um, batting and then you've got your, your real intense guys, you know, like your Warner, Smith, even Stephen, my brother. You know, they've just yeah. got that, you know, different sort of uh, way about them, the way they move and carry, carry it themselves at the crease um it's a bit like jockeys you know some guys are really you can see they're really tense other guys have just got a nice action and whatever in the saddle so i i look like i i was never nervous but i certainly was underneath yeah yeah mm. and you mentioned john buchanan so he came in towards the end of your career and maybe that was the best era of australian cricket we had a huge amount of success obviously yeah. with some unbelievable players do you think his obsession with data and analytics made a big difference and put you guys at the top of the tree? Uh, I, I don't think I would just say that was a reason. I think we just had we had a lot of good players. We just had an yeah. era where we had a lot of quality players. With or without data, I think we would have been a, a pretty good side. But, I mean, with the analytics and the data, a lot of players don't don't even use it. Mm. It's yeah. there, but you yeah. don't have to use it. Other players, will they'll sit in front of a you know their computer or iPad and watch, you know, analysis over and over, replays of how they got out. Other guys won't even do that. So and you're talking about the modern era, like players these yeah, days? Yeah, and I mean, a bit at the back end of my era, you know. Yeah. So it's one size doesn't fit all. You, you can use the data if you want or if you just – you don't want to uh, confuse yourself or get yeah. your, your mind clogged, you just – you know, it's there if you need it. So yeah. I think everybody's different. Um, there's no one, no set rule for, for how you sort of prepare and, um, you know, how much data you use. And you were a selector for a while? I was, yeah, four years, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it was. another form of doing the form, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah it's, and how was that? It was good. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Look, a um, bit of a lonely existence because um, you sort of – a lot of the times you're at a ground by yourself watching a Shield match, Sheffield Shield, or when you're travelling overseas with the Australian team, you sort of – Right, so you travel with them, do you? Yeah, there's always one selector on yeah. tour. Always, always one selector. And is there a bit of arm's length between you and the players? Like, well, there there used to be, and I used to sort of keep myself distance from the players, even though yeah. I got on quite well with them. I didn't feel, think it was right to spend a lot of time with them, and but that's changed. You look at George Bailey now, the chairman of selectors. He's sitting in the dressing room, mm. throwing balls to them at practice. So he's really involved, like hands on. And I sort of like to keep my distance a bit. And then, and when I was a selector, Rod Master was chairman. He was, he was a great, um, you know, great guy to be around as far as cricket. But, um, yeah, we sort of kept our distance a bit more than what they do now. But it was interesting selecting. You know, nine times out of ten, most of the team picks itself. It's only one or two mm. spots um, where you sort of, you know, you're mulling over, over players. Um, but once again, you've got your stats are a, a big influence on selections. But... 
if that was the only influence, you don't, don't need selection. You just have a computer spit yeah. out all the – who's got the best average. Yeah. Best, but it doesn't work out that way because at different conditions, it's, it's obviously harder to make 100 against the West Indies than it is against Zimbabwe, for example, yeah. or on a seeming pitch to a flat pitch. So you've got to weigh all that up. So it's not just stats. It's, you know, you use your eye and your skills to, to pick a player out. And I, I presume you have to give players feedback on their technique? Uh, not so much technique. That's what the coaches are for. But right. um, probably, I guess, just where they are, uh, their game is. I mean, uh, I remember dropping Glenn Maxwell in a 50-over game in India. And I had the stats, you know. I had all the stats there. That he was averaging 22 in his last 30 digs. And it's not, not everything, but just the way he was playing. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, mate, you're just not winning us enough games. You're not... You know, and he goes, oh, no, I'm going pretty well. I, I think I'm going well. And I said, no, you're actually not. Yeah. And I you know, showed him the stats, the stats and um, I thought he was underachieving and he, he just probably needed a kick up the backside. So, um, you know, there's times where it's, you know, you've got to leave good players out and some players yeah. are unlucky because there's six good bats, seven good bats on only six spots. Yeah. Sometimes players are unlucky. Sometimes um, players are out of form and, and it's hard to tell them. You know, you're missing out on a test match, but, you know, you've got to do it. Because I just wanted to give you some feedback on your technique. Right. Um, Imagine this is going to be... <laughs> so this is you watching a race in the commentary box. Yeah, this is Triple M. I was doing yeah. Triple M. And so you look... And so what... It's that... It's this It's this fist pump here yes. that I, I have a bit of an issue with. So I asked the boys around here, did you go the early crow? No, because <laughs> I know the race. I know the horse. So it's, was it... Was it absolutely home? It was or? a horse called Always In okay. at Gosford and it got a mile back but it's got a really strong finish and I could see it getting up the rail and I could see it had a lot of ground to make up and it was going to be real close whether it could make the ground up. Right. And it just failed. Just failed. So there's no early crow there. You don't think No, this, it wasn't an early you know, crow. Okay, so I'm you going, think... come on, because <laughs> I backed it from tens into about threes or fours. I, you know, you, when you can just see... So it was a big see, result for you. Huh? It was, would have been a huge result, result for you. Yeah, so... Was I could see it coming, and I just thought Gosford's a short straight. It's either going to win by a barest margin or get beat by the barest margin. It got beat. Yeah. Another stride at one. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. It was yeah, but you great. you, you got to learn to do that. You, 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 I mean, you're commentating, and often I've got horses running, and you know you just you got to be able to do two things at once. I think that was in between overs, actually. What ground are you at? That's the SCG, I reckon. Okay, or is it Brisbane? So there's Mark Howard with me and yeah. Mark Taylor. A Tubby Taylor they never has it. a bet, but he was He loved cheering. it. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, gone, he's Come pissing on. himself. Yeah, it's really, it's really you good. You know what? I think I tipped it to him. He might uh, have had a bet, actually. Do, so, do, yeah, do, you, um, do they all, all the commentary boys like a bet, do they? Uh, not all of them. The Triple M guys, yeah. they, they all like a bet. The Fox guys, every now and then I'll, I'll tip them something. Um, but the, the Triple M guys are always after a tip. Oh, and what about when you were... Um, I read – I did. I was doing my research to talk to you and I read that you said that not many people when you're in the Australian team were punters no. other than obviously punter. Yeah. Is that about right? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Well, Warney was a punter but he was casino. Yeah. He didn't, he yeah. didn't really like the horses so it was, it was mainly Ricky. Uh, Darren Lehman uh, yep. didn't Oof. mind a, yeah. a, a bit of a punt. And I, I got Ricky into a few horses actually. He was yeah. into uh, – he, he had a share in a horse I – called Forget, which won the camera on the Group 3 race. Yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle. Beautiful. Yeah, so he was a Godolphin horse. So I bought him online and got Ricky into him. So, And he's never come in many horses since. You'd think he would, wouldn't you? Got him into a Group 3 yeah. winner. Um, yeah. But he's got a few horses, Ricky. But um, And dogs, obviously. Greyhounds, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I've always – it's always sort of got in the way sometimes, the cricket and the racing. Oh, isn't there a funny story where all, all Ricky needed to do was just stay in for another oh, yeah, 20 was, minutes or something and you couldn't – That was in England. Race. That was right. in England. We're playing a county game against Nottingham. For Australia? Yeah. What year is this? Uh, mid-90s. 90. Anyway, we, we used yeah. to play about 15 yeah. warm-up games in between tests and they were a bit of a, bit of a chore. Anyway, I had a, a trotter running at – an angle at basically the first um, – at 11 o'clock in England. So it was the first over. Yeah. And we were batting and I was next in. So Ricky Ponning and JL were batting. Yep. And I said to him, whatever you do, do not get out in the first over because I've got it's a little – It's not that much to In those days you could listen – I had the phone. Yeah. I went in the toilet and listened to the race <laughs> from um, an angle. It's not much to ask, is it? No. So I'm like, at the back of the toilet. It's, it's county cricket too. Like just oh, – yeah, yeah it's a I, even I could last an over. Yeah, exactly. So I'm out <laughs> the back and I hear this big how's that? Poke my head around the toilet door and I see punters out LBW walking off. And I've I've got the race on and they've got about a thousand metres to go in at, at Harold Park. You're a car. I'm an angle and I, I had to leave the race with about 400 metres to go. I ran second, so I okay. had to run out. Otherwise, it would have been timed out. Did he, yeah. When you crossed over, did he apologise? Oh, he did on purpose, actually. <laughs> I shouldn't have told him. Yes, yeah, so I shouldn't have told him. And then. I've had a few stories. Um, I actually stopped a Sheffield Shield match to watch the, the Melbourne Cup yeah, in Sydney. Yeah, the SCG. That's all. Who, who was the umpire? Daryl Hare. Amazing. He liked to bet too. So we're talking. This is like mid eighties, right? Yeah, nineties, early nineties. And it was against West Australia. Justin Langer was actually opposition captain, Mister Serious, and he just he was blowing up that I'd stopped the game <laughs> to watch the Melbourne Cup on the big screen. They, the put, they literally put up on the big screen. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Do you remember who won it? I don't know, no. There was a bit of a delay too at the start, yeah. so it sort of yeah. it went on. It coincided with a drinks break because Daryl has said, yeah, we'll take a drinks break then. And you go, how good is that? Yeah. So. I'd, love, and I'd love to find some footage of that. No, yeah, I don't think there's any footage, no. Yeah. That's real much. Um, so let's talk about your love affair with racing. So your old man, he used to take you to Bankstown yeah. and Warwick Farm. And yeah. That. So yeah. Dad and my grandfather, who trained a few greyhounds, they were the, the punters in the family. So Dad used to take us... We grew up in Panani, which is about 10 minutes from Bankstown Trots mm-hmm. and about 15 minutes from Warwick Farm. So they're the two tracks that we used to um, go to a lot. Mm. Have a dollar each way on something. and yeah. So I was sort of... And did your other brothers love it as much as you? They went, but they, they didn't like it as much. No, yeah. no, they yeah. sort of dropped off. But I, I just always loved um, the sport, watching the animal as well. And this is trots and racing? Were you equally... Trots racing, yeah. Yeah, yeah both. Yeah, yeah. thoroughbreds and trots. Grands every now and then as well. And would you say that you've loved... Racing as much as cricket the whole way through your life. I mean, you can say you love racing more if you want. But. Well, it's different. It's, I mean, it's a hobby, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> love it more. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I'm equally as passionate about it. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Better way of saying it. But yeah. I was originally more uh, passionate about the trots. Yeah. Early in my. Uh, so I'm going to stop you there. I found yeah. this piece of gold on YouTube. Okay. Mitch is going to play it for us. Become more sophisticated. People won't it's PBL. They're yeah. young PBL. Yeah. They want There's a point to all this. We'll see in a second. Class, they want uh, style. And that's what you've got to give them. That's why we had to make the investment. Otherwise, in 10 years, there wouldn't be any harm. Good restaurant, that. Great, wasn't it? Grouse buffet. Yeah, seafood buffet. Here we go. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about 1998. Well, yeah. So um, I first met Peter Volani's when they were doing an ad for the Miracle Mile, Harold Park. Yep. And I, I, Which I think a little bit of that might have been in that footage just yeah, there. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's how I first met him. But mm. I was always into the, the trots. Um, I had a lot of horses with Glenn Frost, 
who's Vic's son. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Frost um, had oh, 20 or 30 horses. He had a lot of nice horses. And then obviously Kim, my wife, she, she was, was a, a driver. I yeah. uh, didn't really know her that well back when she was driving. She was from Bankstown. But, um, so I always, always loved the trots and the gallops as well. But when I was a, in the 20s, I could only afford to own paces, not, not the thoroughbreds. So I owned a lot of paces yeah, yeah. back in the day, yeah. And so let's talk about Kim. So you guys have set up a beautiful property, Jibbilly? Jillaby. 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 Jillaby, yeah. yeah, on the Central Coast, yeah. Yeah, is that about 10 years old or something now? Yes. So Kim yeah. obviously um, grew up in the trots and then she trained at Rose Hill for about 20 years and then yep. we've moved up to Wyong the last 15 years. So yep. we've got our own farm, yeah. 40, 48 acres. So we've got um, – we spell all our own horses there. When they're not in work at the track at Wyong, they spell at our place. Got an arena, uh, treadmill, uh, so some, do some pre-training before they go into the track. So yeah, yeah, it's full on. I mean, it's it's great that you, if Kim, Kim um, always um, wanted to keep an eye on her horses all the time, rather than sending them out to an adjustment adjustment place and they come back mm. underfed or whatever. So, and it's a good little business too. If, yeah, if you know, good. if Kim ever wants to retire from training, which okay, it's a tough job. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, there's so a business it, there if we want it. Um, but I mean, to look. Have you had to put a lot of infrastructure in? Like yeah, you, yeah. You guys so have we bought a lot of money into it. Yeah, yeah, we bought the property and it was basically a cattle. Um, they're running cattle on it, so we put in all, all the fencing, all the shelters, uh, the barn, treadmill. Um, so yeah, we put all that in ourselves. Arena. Mm. Um, so Did you build the house as well? No, house was there. Yeah, lovely big uh, sort of country house, Queenslander style. This yeah, is so yeah. you sit out the back and you're looking out yeah. over your horses. Um, and you love it. You're a, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. don't miss the city at all? Nah. I nah. guess you're in the city a lot. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. no, I don't miss the city, no, at all. I wouldn't wouldn't move back to the city, actually, I don't think. Yeah. Country boy now. And so you, you're quite involved in the operation, aren't you? Like you, you, I mean, you know a lot about what's going on day to day and stuff. Yeah. Well, I was. Um, I did um, – so I always – like Kim doesn't have time to do the form. Like she's a hands-on trainer, so she doesn't have time to do the form. So I was doing the form – uh, for a lot of years with Kim and doing the programming for horses. So I know all okay. about the benchmark That's system. Yeah. Yeah, I know the benchmark system inside out, how yeah. frustrating it is. But it's, you know, so I was heavily involved in programming, with working with Kim every day. We picked the races out, jockeys, et cetera. So I'm pretty um, well versed on on the handicapping system, benchmarking, you know, yeah. how to place horses, I guess, would be the right. But, but the last few years, um, we've just got a bit bigger and, uh, it's just been too much. So we've got a racing manager now, Robin Hartney, who Kim actually grew up with at Bankstown Trots. Yeah. Her father, Mo Hartney, um, actually was a professional punter and a and a uh, worked for Robbie Waterhouse, I think. Um, but Robin's worked for all the big trainers in Sydney: Gay, Anthony Cummings, Kimmy Martin. So they're be- best friends, and so Robin's the racing manager now. Great. So she's yeah. taken over more of obviously what I used to do with the programming with Kim. So. Yeah. I've sort of dropped back a little bit uh, from that. But, yeah, I'm, it's interesting actually, a little bit frustrating at times, but um, gave me a great insight to how it all works, the benchmarking, handicapping, mm. et cetera. Mm. And you obviously moved into med- into cricket media, um, which would mean that you're, I presume you're away a lot, right? Like how many months of the well, year are you away? It's really only – so I've worked for Fox Sports for oh, about the last 10 years, I guess. It's really um, sort of a, a busy period from – October, say, or February. Then yeah. the rest of the year is normally 
pretty pretty free, really. Yeah. Um, I've been to India a couple of times doing some commentary. You were just there, right? Yeah. yeah. For the test matches, and I did a another uh, stint there last October doing a Legends League competition for retired players. I was commentating there. So, but generally, I'm home most of the year, apart from the summer months when you know it's it's really busy. So yeah. It's, it's it's not too bad. So my own personal experience, I we started Wolf Dan and. One day I was like, let's just turn cameras on and record ourselves. Yeah. And we're sort of brought more guests in. And I never intended to be in a position like I am with you now. But I've learned along the way and I, I enjoy it and it's all going along fine. But it's harder than you think. Like I'm – all I do is watch sport and I can be hypercritical of commentators and analysts and the way they handle themselves. And now that I'm actually doing it myself, I realise that it's quite a lot harder than you <laughs> think. My question to you is, did you find it hard – once you finish cricket, to then become a commentator and analyst and, and to mm. keep yourself in a gig because if you're yeah. not good enough, Fox Sports would have just said, oh, see yeah. you later. Yeah, um, it, it's not easy. I mean, it's the hardest thing when you first do it um, after retirement is you're quite close to a lot of the players mm. and your mates with them. So it's not easy to really just step in and start being critical calling it as you see it. Yeah, yeah so I, thought, I found that a little difficult. Um, but then now, look, I... I respect the players, but I, I just call it as I see it, yeah. really. And you don't – there's no actual training. You just learn on the job. You just learn. So, yeah, they, they don't put no. you through any kind of training program. Oh, they might they, tell you the basics, you know. Yeah. But there's, there's no – it's just, you know. And I guess you're pretty well – you're pretty media savvy anyway because you've done so much media. I mean, you've had cameras in your face for the 10 years before that, really. Well, I was pretty shy with the cameras, actually, when I played, so I didn't really like the media. Yeah. Um, but, I mean – And what, what changed? Why did you – well, so, I had to find a job. I stopped uh -huh. playing, and I was not. So did you not qualify for anything really? Yeah. No manual yeah. Yeah, work. Knock about punter from Panania, like exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't have any qualifications, and obviously, I, I mean, I thought I had a good cricket brain. Yeah. So it was a logical sort of move to see how I went, and um, I think my style is probably a bit different to some of the other guys that I do call as I see it. Mm. So I'm probably hard but fair, I think. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to criticise someone, you've got to explain it, mm. you know. And you can't have any fa play favourites. I think that's when you get yourself in trouble. So I just treat everyone equal. And if it's not a great bit of cricket, you've got to call it because mm. people think mm. well, you're an idiot if you're saying that's good when it's not. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you've got to respect, um, I guess, the um, the feelings of players because like, they watch everything you say. They come up to you, you know, if yeah. they're not happy with something, they'll come up to you. Yeah. And you say, well, you know, I'm not there to be a cheerleader. I've got to call yeah. as I see it. So. And entertain people like me at home. Yeah. Because yeah, I want to be entertained. You know, yeah. I, I, I want insight. Well, you want yeah. insight and, yeah. and you want to, you want to, you want the, the truth, don't you? Mm, absolutely. You don't want to fluff around something. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, so that's sort of my style. And there's, there's not too many, a lot of, you know, Everyone's different styles. A lot of commentators, you know, a little bit fluffy and yeah. don't push the envelope. But I'm happy to do it. Like, in, for example, in, in India recently, I criticised Virat Kohli yeah. about his catching. He dropped a lot of catches and I said his technique was this and that. So I explained it. But the paper's just saying, how can you criticise Kohli? Yeah. And the, the, the local commentators won't because they, they won't have a job. Wow. They'll be, you know, it's very... Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Like that over there. It's yeah. the hierarchy... Um, it's a great place to to play and commentate, but it's you know it's it's different to hear. Yeah. Like, but to his credit, Coley the next day he was actually practicing his catching a little different. Yeah, yeah he was just so working on heard it. Yeah, he yeah. did. I oh, definitely. No, a few of the players come and told me. And you've been around a lot of famous people in your life. Can you talk to us about what it would like to be Virat Kohli in India? Oh, it'd be 
it'd be so tough in yeah. Sachin Tendulkar. Yeah. And who's, even who's you know is, does Coley get more attention than Sachin at the moment or no, so be, be like and pegging, yeah. yeah. Neck and neck would be like they could not go down walk down the street now. Mm. They just couldn't do it there. And they, they probably I couldn't either. Mm. Really? Yeah, so you yeah, get yeah. completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So I just met you on the street there and no one gave a shit. But if we were in India, oh, yeah, they'd go and junior. Yep, definitely. And I was just there recently and you know, you're standing in the in the floor of the hotel and there's just, you know, people coming out, autographs, photos. Yeah. You know, it's just and you walk down the street, they'll stop and wave and crowd you and whatever. It's just different. So those guys, I mean, it's amazing um, to be held in such high regard by people and, you know, there'd be a lot of doors get open for you. You, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have to line up at a restaurant or, um, you know, et cetera. You'd, you'd be treated like, you'd treat like a god but there's no privacy on the, yeah. on the same, on the other side so of the coin. So would you say you dislike it or...? Would I dislike it? Do you dislike it or? Oh, I don't really like the attention, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it gets a bit. Yeah, I sort of. Um, yeah, I'm not that comfortable with it, but yeah. you got to get used to it. But yeah. I certainly, it'd be hard to deal with the, the adulation and the crowds that um, you know Coley and Tendulkar have yeah. put up with their whole life. Yeah, and do you know Tendulkar personally? I mean, I, I do. Yeah, 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 I played against him a lot. Yeah. Really nice guy, very yeah. humble. Yeah. Um, yeah, good guy. Coley, I I just know to say hello to. I don't, I don't really know him that well, um, mm. but he's a different sort of um, character to Sachin. Sachin's very, you know, real gentleman. Not that Coley's not, but he's a fierce competitor. Yeah. A um, bit different to, to Sachin, so. Is there yeah. someone on an opposing side from another country who you've ended up being really good mates with that you played against? Um, well, I played a lot in England. I played county cricket in England for Essex, so I know, you know, a lot of the English guys really well, uh, like Graham Gooch, for example. I played with him at Essex for four seasons, so yeah. you know those sort of guys. Um, beefy both them, good mates yeah. with him. Uh, a lot of the South Africans are really good guys. Yeah, good yeah. guys. You know, did some commentary this season with um, Sean Pollock and Johnny Rhodes. Mm. Good guys, um, but you sort of go your own way. Even in Australia, you, you just yeah. do your own thing, don't you? Yeah, you know, you yeah, it's only, like your people. It's just people yeah. you work with, really, isn't it? You only, you only really yeah. catch up at cricket events. Yeah, you know, even fellow Australian cricketers. So you sort of. Do your own thing, but uh, you know there's a lot of respect there for the players I played against. Yeah. And I want to talk about cricket. So where where cricket's at these days? So I consider myself part of the like lost generation of cricket fans. Mm. So when I was, you know, you asked me how old it was in 1991. I was 12. Like I would have watched every single ball of your debut ton. I would have been like shattered if you got out, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I understand that I was a lot younger then. I'm sure there's lots of kids. Mm. Who you know, as you grow older, sport is sport becomes a different different thing to you. Yeah. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, it feels like like I've kind of cricket's kind of lost me a little bit. Like I'm still loving. I watch in summertime. Yeah. But all these meaningless series after meaningless series. Yeah. Like I'm, I pay more attention to NRL, AFL, and some of the American sports because yeah. I feel like there's more for me to invest in. Mm. Do you think that's a fair criticism? Um, that. That, that there's the interest is not quite there. Yeah, um, that, that, that they've di- the, the, so the regulators have di- diluted it so much that people. I mean, it's you know, it, it facts are facts. Like the, res- the crowds are tiny now, yeah. you know, compared to what they used to be. Mm. Um, sure, there's huge money in it, and mm. a lot of the players have become very, very wealthy people. But yeah. the perfect example is the we had that great test series in India, yep. right? Mm. Everyone was quite into it, mm. the, the one that just went. Yeah. And then suddenly then they're like, oh, now we're going to play five one-dayers. Yeah. And like I was in here with all the boys. A lot of the boys are mad cricket fans. Like we didn't even put it on. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, like, you know. 
Well, it's it's pretty much twelve months of the year now. So, mm. um, and Test cricket, I think, India, England, Australia is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Rest of Test match cricket's dropped right away. You know, I go back to my days when we played the West Indies and went to South Africa. The crowds was packed. Now there's no one. Yeah. So this is where T Twenty cricket's probably um, had a bit of an effect, especially in the Caribbean. Uh, you know, it's very popular over there, and Test match cricket's dropped. Um, and because there's so much cricket on, so many meaningless sort of white ball cricket. It's really only the World Cups, mm. I think, that people really watch. Fifty over cricket, World Cups, yeah, T20 World Cups, uh, franchise cricket, IPL is very big. Like it's mm. it's a huge tournament. So but no one in Australia really cares that much. Is that not, fair not to say? really? Well, it's on. It's on. It's on Fox at the moment. But does so anyone, like I don't, you know, just in my like circle, no one really no, talks about it. Not, not really. Not B- BBL's different. Like people are getting into yeah. that and they're trying hard with that and they had a better season this season, which was good yeah. to see. But I, I suppose um, there's probably less characters the way mm. the environment is. Yeah, you, you can't uh, you can't really be yourself um, as much as in our day, I guess, on yeah. the field. It's a lot stricter and, uh, yeah, every bit, bit of your life scrutinised. Yeah, so was, and... With phones now, you can, you know. But, I mean, the, the cricket, the, the top cricketers are still top-class players, but I guess because there's so much of it. Um, like in our day, you'd look forward to the Commonwealth Bank uh, tri-series, wouldn't you? The one-day series. With Benson Hedges. Yeah. Like that was, it was amazing. Yeah. Those, those, you know, in summertime when you play the, yeah. and then the triangular series, and then there was the playoffs to see a win. It was, it was massive. It was the biggest mm. ticket in town. Yeah. Like the SCG would be sold out. Would be, you know, yeah. It was... It was that's when it was at its peak, in like yeah. the Packer days, you know, when he, he sort of yeah. turned it around. Well, it's just wall-to-wall. I guess like racing, you sort of lose a bit of interest when there's racing on yeah. every day of the week and mm. there's a lot of cricket, so people are just prioritising what they want to watch. And Do you think regulators main... and uh, cricket regulators and administrators are aware that they've diluted it so much that people are losing interest and they're like, we understand that, but the – the financial revenues we're getting are so strong that it yeah. we're going to keep going down this path. Is that basically it's what's happening? Basically what's happening, yeah, I think. Yeah. And then, now you've got all this franchise cricket creeping in. Big money. India, a very powerful uh, cricket board. Um, I mean, that when the IPL's on, that is a six-week uh, block where players would normally be resting. Yeah. But now they're, they're, they're going there as well. And even the players are resting from playing for Australia, which you would never have. Yeah. Done in our day, you just want to, to play, to play IPL, but, but I, you can't play him when he's two or three million. Bucks getting three million get. dollars. Yeah. Cameron Green's getting three million dollars yeah. to play. You know, probably going to face two hundred balls and bowl ten overs in that six week period. Yeah, it's pretty good money. Yeah. So you've just we've, administrators have got to somehow work it all together. You can't fight the franchise cricket because it's going to be there. It's yeah. just going to be there. So mm. somehow you got to work work around it. I think Test match cricket. There might be two divisions, two. maybe t- top six teams and then a bottom six. I don't know because, you know, the West in- the last summer's Test Match cricket was ordinary, wasn't it? Mm. West Indies were hopeless yeah. and South Africa were hopeless. Yeah, yeah it was you know, weird, it was, yeah. It was three months of terrible Test Match cricket, yeah. really. Um, so I've got to try and get that stronger. And wasn't the West Indies one was like they played two tests, isn't that right? It was just – was three, I think, wasn't it? I feel uh, like the West Indies was just two tests and then they bailed. It was like – It was Perth. Adelaide. And then like the three Safford tests. Yeah. It was two yeah. tests. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And as, it, that was, as a cricket fan, I was like, they're taking the piss. Like, yeah, how well, can you have like two tests? Like, when is it one all? Like, West Indies are a great cricketing nation. And now they're down to yeah. two tests. Yeah. 
Because when you were playing, they come out for five tests. Yeah. And we'd yeah. be like, yeah. you know. Somehow West Indies cricket's got to get stronger because it's. Well, they've got the athletes. They've so got they an don't. iconic brand there, and it's, yeah. but it's, it's diving. So I yeah. don't have the answers, but somehow they've got administrators have got to mix, you know, let it all work together without um, hindering one format too much. Yeah. Don't have the answer. Yeah. And I'm to finish off, um, <laughs> the Ashes, no doubt you'd be pumped for the Ashes. Will yeah. We all get up for that. Yeah. Are they going to be able to get Smudge Smith out or is he going to bat like Bradman again? I don't know. I think um, I was just looking at the odds with Dan out the back there and England are favourites to beat us. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't mm-hmm. think they should be favourites. I think we. I think it's pretty much an even money bet because England through, through Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes, they've actually thought, hang on, we're, we're going to play cricket to try and win. Yeah, and their their attitude is so great, and, and the players go with it. So they're playing a great brand of cricket. Um, whether they can do it against the quality of bowlers we've got, bat like they've been batting, I don't know. It's a question mark, but yeah, should be a good series. And you're you're not going over, right? No, yeah. No. And then you got the test, yes, the test world championship yeah. before that against India. That'll be huge. Yeah, you uh, going you going for that, or no, you'll be here? No, yeah. that's at the Oval. That one. Yeah. So. Who are you tipping in that? Uh, I think Australia. Okay, to beat India. Yeah. In England, yeah, that'd be yeah. It's gonna be great, great winter of cricket. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. always love the Ashes, and now that England have come good, it's gonna be a good series. Yeah, mm. awesome. Right, well, that's a great place to finish. Thank you very much for coming. Pleasure. In. We're gonna go and get a succulent Chinese meal now. So back a few winners over that's the weekend. It. That's it. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Pleasure.